But today, in the book of Romans, in the New Testament, hallelujah, there's no God like you. There is no God like you. Hallelujah. There's no God like you, Father. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock and over all the earth and over all the creatures that, must, that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Romans 10, verse 17. Consequently, Romans 10, verse 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. King James says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to talk about activating your faith, living the blessing, activating your faith. Father, thank you now for the word today, for the message that you've sent to us, for faith does come by hearing the message that you send a message through the word of Christ. We thank you, Lord, for what you sent to us today. Your word will not return to you void. It will accomplish all that you desire. You'll prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So we thank you for what your word is going to accomplish in us today. We have open hearts and minds. We're receptive to you, Father, to what you have to say. Release a fresh anointing of your spirit upon us that we might minister under your anointing. And through your anointing, we know that the yoke will be destroyed and the burden will be removed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Activating your faith. Activating your faith. Living the blessing. Glory to God. The blessing is that we are created in God's image and, and God's likeness, which is having the ability to be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish, to subdue, and to have dominion over the earth. God is creator and ruler, and as such, he has the power to speak things and things come into being. And he rules over all that he has created. We are God's representation in human form in the earth realm. We're in his image 
and his likeness. In the earth, we're God's representation. Amen. Amen. We are, say I am, God's representation in the earth realm. Created with the ability to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue, to replenish, and to rule. As God does, I do. Hallelujah. Now, when we hear that, we look at that, we have to ask the question, what's the problem with us? What's the problem? Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, what's the problem? Getting our faith activated so that we can begin to live this out, that's the problem. That's the issue. Getting our faith activated so that we can live this out. It's, it's, it's easy to read it. It's easy to hear it. And we may even want to believe it, but our faith has to be activated so that we can live this out. What, and, and so then the question comes up, what do we need to do to activate our faith? I want you to pay particular attention to, to, to what the Lord gave me because it may not necessarily be what you're thinking. All right, so listen to the message. All right, don't draw your own conclusions. Yes, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing the message, the message through the word that is sent through Christ, all right? Faith comes by hearing. Sometimes when you hear the word preached, you're not hearing, what's, you're not hearing word for word what's written in the Bible. Many times when you hear the message, there is explanation. There is enlargement, amen, to give understanding so that you can catch what the Lord is saying. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Therefore, the more we hear the word of God and receive the word of God, the more faith comes to us. And God has spent considerable time and effort giving us examples, giving us teachings, and giving us messages so that faith can come to us. Yeah, in every generation. Say it every generation. Amen. So God, today, in our generation, in our time, God spends considerable time and effort so that faith can come to us. Amen. It's good to read about the faith that came to people in the Bible, but they're dead and gone. We're here now. We need, we need faith now. We need to operate in faith now. We need the results of faith now. So God has spent considerable time and effort, amen, giving us examples, giving us teachings, giving us messages so that faith can come to us. Can come, say, come to me. So faith can come to me. Throughout the Bible, throughout the Bible, God is doing things to build faith in people. And consequently, as we see what he did for them, and we believe that, we receive that, it builds faith in us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, turn there if you will, 
uh, verse 6, following. You there? Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6. What does it say? To keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Read on. Do not be idolatrous as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in pagan revelry. Read on. How many died? 23,000 of them died. Read on. We should not test the Lord. And do not grumble. Read on. Verse 11. The Amen. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. Amen. Y'all read that? Y'all saw it yourselves? I hope everybody read or at least looked at it. God has given us examples to build our faith. Yes, to warn us, all right, but also to build our faith. That's why we have the written word of God. Amen. We're supposed to be reading, studying, understanding the written word of God so that our faith can be built. All right? And we see here that in hearing the word of God is not just in receiving the, the, the good, sweet things that we like to hear. It's also in being rebuked and corrected for wrong things in our lives. Sin, yes. But listen now but also for wrong concepts and images that have been deposited in us without our knowledge or consent. Follow me now. Follow me now. Hearing the word of God, it's not just in receiving the good, sweet things. It's being rebuked. It's being corrected for wrong things in our lives. Wrong things in our lives are not just sin, all right? But that sin can be the result of wrong concepts and images that have been deposited in us without our knowledge or consent. In order for my faith to be activated, I must discard some old thoughts and images that have been downloaded in my life. Okay, now I'm going to ask you a question, Ebony and Tiara. Amen. What did I just say? Amen. All right. So you can't talk and listen to me. All right. Y'all looking at me? All right, next name. All right, I'll repeat it. This is for your good. I'm not to embarrass anybody. Don't stay out of church next week. <laughs> In order for my faith to be activated, listen good now, listen good, I must discard, discard, 
some old thoughts and images that have been downloaded into my life. Thoughts, images, concepts. You know, I, I wanted to use the title images because, because of the fact that we've been created in the image and likeness of God and this, 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 this deals with, but, but you know, it has to focus on activating faith. But we gotta think of this, and we gotta listen to this anyway. This is a process of destroying what you used to believe and creating a new belief system, annihilating the old thoughts and concepts and birthing new thoughts and concepts. The next generation of believers that come out of us should not have to go through this process. Teenagers, when you grow up, when you, get, when you get married and have children, because you now have begun the process of getting rid of old thoughts and wrong concepts and wrong images, your children shouldn't go through the same things that you've gone through. Y'all listening? That's how important this is. That's how vital this is. You don't just come to church to fill a seat. And you don't just get a Bible as a graduation gift. Amen. You have the word so that you can study the word. Because there's some stuff we understand downloading because you're downloading stuff every day. You're on the internet downloading music. You know, we're downloading program, this program and that program and the other program. There is some stuff that's been downloaded into us by the devil that we didn't agree to him downloading, nor did we understand what was happening when he downloaded it. What must, what we, hallelujah, what we don't realize is that Satan has cunningly and systematically put stuff, put images, put thoughts and ideas and words into our minds that, di that directly oppose the image, <coughs> excuse me, that we have been created in. He's done it systematically down through the years. Down through the years. Systematically that directly oppose the image that we've been, been created in. And when we try to move forward, you give the life, your life to Jesus, you come to church, you make a decision that you're going to do right. When we try to move forward, these images keep coming up. They keep coming up. They keep coming up. Say they keep coming up. A lot of times you're fighting, trying to stop doing a thing or trying to change a thing when you don't realize that it's not just that thing, but it is the false image that Satan has, 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 has downloaded in you that strongly opposes what God created you to be. And that image is holding you hostage. And you don't realize it. Let's look at Exodus 32. Turn there. Genesis, Exodus. Shouldn't be hard to find. You there? 
Exodus 32. watching. All right, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, see, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong one. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come Make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in, in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. Moses went up on the mountain. What was he doing up there? He went up there to receive the Ten Commandments from the Lord. He went up there in the presence of God. The people were down in the valley. Now, you know, sometimes we read this and we miss something. We miss the fact that Moses is God's representation in the earth for the people. They, they, they didn't see God, you know, but they heard and they saw the manifestation of God. But, but they see Moses. So Moses is away from them. And, of course, there's always some people in the crowd that don't believe. Yeah. Now, it wasn't all of the Israelites, but there were many of them who gathered around Aaron and said, okay, we don't know what's happening to Moses, and we, we, we need a God to take us forward, so, so make us a God. Mm. And Aaron does just what they ask him to do. Give me the gold. They must have had a lot of gold. Now, it's a dangerous thing to have stuff and don't know what to do with it. A lot of us have stuff and we don't know what to do with it. Yeah, that's why sometimes when the financial crises that we're in, because we waste so much. We waste, we waste so much. Anyway, that's not a part of the message today. But I thought I'd throw that in. And so he takes his gold, listen good now, and he forms, he makes, he melts it down, and, and he makes an image of a calf. You know what a calf is, right? It's a baby calf, just in case you didn't know what a calf was. Let me ask you the question. Where did the image of this calf come from? Where did it come from? Where did it come from? Y'all good. It came from Egypt. All right. How did it get to where they were? It came with the people. Transported in their minds and spirits. Now remember, they had been in Egypt for 400 years. 
in bondage, where the Egyptians worshipped idols, all right, made with their own hand, images of calves and birds and probably crocodiles and so forth. Sun God, moon God, water God, fertility God, this God, the other God. They had all of these images. And this is the image of a God that Satan had planted in the minds of the people. They'd seen it. They didn't know, they didn't have a concept of an invisible God. Y'all listening? They didn't have a concept of an invisible God, but they did have what had been downloaded into them because they had seen it with their own eyes. And they had probably, some of them probably had taught around with worship with the Egyptians. They had seen the Egyptians. Mm. Look at Numbers 13. Y'all there? Verse number uh, Hallelujah. Yes. Now. Let me read it now. Hallelujah. Verse number 30. Three. You may not be able to pronounce the word. Let's read it together. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. That's an image. That's an image. They had an image of themselves in front of these giants as grasshoppers. They saw themselves as small, less than, helpless, hopeless. They saw themselves as weak. They saw themselves as subservient. They saw themselves as being without ability, without strength, dependent. They saw themselves as servants and not rulers. They saw themselves as subjects and not warriors. They saw themselves as renters and not owners. They saw themselves as possessed and not possessors. Where did the image come from? Again, it came from Egypt. How did it get to where they were? They brought it with them. They transported it in their minds and in their spirits. They had been in Egypt, they had been in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. Now think back. Why were they put in bondage? They were increasing in number. It was more them than it was the Egyptians. And Pharaoh said, we better do something about this. Lest they become so strong that they overcome us and overtake our nation. Think about it now. But the, they, were, they were more in number and more powerful probably than the Egyptians, but because of the image they had of themselves, they would never have arisen and attacked the Egyptians. So now God has already said, I'm giving you the land flowing with milk and honey. 
all right? It's yours. Just go in and check it out and bring back some fruit. Let the people get excited. But because of the image they had of themselves, when they went in and they saw the land, brought back the fruit, said, this is wonderful. It flows with milk and honey, but we are grasshoppers. We are less than them. Than them. We can't possess this land. We can't own this. We have been renters all of our lives, and that's all we'll ever be. Are y'all listening? The enemy will inject an image inside of people so that when they, even when he leaves them alone, they will not leave the image because they see themselves in that image. When Satan is not overtly tempting you, you will not stop sinning because you see yourself in that image. Wow. Now that's bondage. That's bondage. I read a track one time that says the prison doors are open. Why are you still inside? Because some people have been in prison for so long, they don't know how to live in freedom. You listening? You heard of a person that's been institutionalized? Yeah, the institution has become them, and they've become the institution. And so when they receive that freedom, they come out in the real world, they don't know how to function. But it's not just with people who are physically imprisoned. It's with people who are spiritually imprisoned. And you'd be surprised at the number of us in the church. Oh, let me just go a little bit further. I'll just say it like this. Who have the wrong image of ourselves? There's no reason they couldn't go in and possess the land. God had already given it to them. And Satan here was not even trying to overtly stop them. But covertly, he had planted an image inside of them so that even now when he wasn't overtly trying to stop them because they'd gone in and checked out the land. I mean, if he was overtly trying to stop them, he would have killed the spies that went in. You think about it? I mean, if they're giants, why did they let these people go in and come back out? Why didn't they just kill them? Satan wasn't overtly trying to stop them but he had planted an image in the minds of so many people. Brother Bowell said Wednesday night that sometimes we think uh, the way we think and, and we do the things we do uh, because of the way we were raised. Some stuff came from our parents. But I want to tell you, it goes back much further than our parents. Satan planted these images in the minds of the people way back in the beginning, and it's been passed down through the generations been passed down through the generations. Slavery was a disservice to us in America, and some of us still have a slave mentality. That's why we're people who like handouts. We like to be given stuff. Some of us won't work. Some of us won't hit a lick out of stick. And we're raising a generation of young people, we're raising a generation of teenagers, they don't even want to clean the house. How are you going to hold down a job? How are you going to go to work for eight hours a day, five days a week, when you don't want to work? 
we have the wrong image of ourselves. Y'all got to get this now. God didn't send this message just for us to have a message. He wants us to activate our faith so we can come up from where, because without faith, we're not coming up. Without activating our faith, we're not coming out. This thing is not just going to be handed to us on a platter. All right? It's just not going to be handed. God is not going to succeed you. He'll give you ways to make yourself successful. I'm getting ahead of myself. He'll give you ways to make yourself successful, but God is just not going to hand it to you on a platter. That's why the Bible says if a man doesn't work, he don't eat. That's why I said it. Because God has given you ability. But if you have the image of yourself that you are nothing, that you're coming of nothing, that you can't do this and you can't do that and it doesn't even have to be that. You have the image of yourself that you're going to be a world traveler and that you're going to be rich and you're going to have servants. You got this image of yourself but you don't do anything to make that happen. Ooh, Lord have mercy. Does this make sense to anybody? Yeah. This is bondage. It's bondage that that Satan has so many people in. But I came to announce to you today that the people, amen, who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. And the people who lived in the land of the shadow of death, upon them the light has shined. The light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God, has shined in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And we all with unveiled faces beholding him in a mirror, amen, the glory, beholding in the mirror the glory of God are being transformed into the same image. From glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God, for those of us who will be transformed. And this is what God is doing today, saints. This is what God is doing through the revelation of the Word. Don't miss it, all right? Don't get religious on God, all right? Don't get religious on God. Don't reject it. Uh, don't reject these messages because, because knowing and acting on the fact that you are God's image, you are created in God's image and God's likeness is the key to activating your faith and living the blessing. Now another key to me activating faith, to us activating faith and living the blessing, is not just the image we have of ourselves, but also the image we have of God. Somebody say the image I have of God. What image do I have of God? For God to take us further, we're going to have to deal with, yes, how we see ourselves, <clears throat> but we're also going to have to deal with how we see God, all right? For the most part, we have seen God in a religious image that most of us don't really understand and are really disconnected from. We come to church and we talk about God, but a lot of us don't know God. How many of you have ever prayed, Lord, let me have an experience with you like Moses had on Mount Sinai? Lord, let me see you. Lord, let me know you. I need to see you. I need to experience you. Right? 
We talk about God being omnipotent, God being almighty, God being omnipresent. That is so far removed from us, just like it was the Israelites. When they, talked to, when, 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 when they were dealing with God being an invisible God, that was removed from them. And a lot of times we've come to church and we've gotten religious jargon, but there is no real image of God in our lives. Religion always puts God far away. Always. He sits high. Ooh, my goodness. Religion always puts God far away, and here I am by myself crying out to God, trying to get him to come. Oh, Lord, have mercy, God. That's why we spend so much time hollering in the church. We're hollering, hollering, hollering. Go, to, go home, horse, hollering, because we don't believe God can hear us. He's so far away. So far away. Now, now, now we spend all this time hollering and nothing happened. We're just, sometimes we're like those people uh, with Elijah. Yeah. They cried all day long. They danced. They cut themselves. They beat. And you know, that's what it looked like sometimes in the church. Sometimes it looked like we're beating ourselves up. You know, we won't just get up and dance, but we got we to gotta just beat ourselves up. What are we trying? We're, we're trying, we're trying to be spiritual. Listen now, I'm, this is to help us. I'm not making fun of us, but it's to help us. We're trying to be spiritual, and we're trying to get God's attention. Don't y'all be singing that song? I want to be spiritual. I want to be spiritual. Chul. Spiritual, won't even pronounce the word correct. The word is spiritual. S P I R I T U A L. There's a U in that word. Spiritual. All right, don't be singing that song. You ought to want to be like God. You're created in God's image and God's likeness, and that's who you ought to want to be. When people that want to be spiritual, you want to be mystical. You, you want to, you dress all the way down, and I'm not talking about long dresses now. I'm going to get the men, too. I had a good friend of mine, good friend of mine in, 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 in Atlanta, and he always wore his collars buttoned up. He didn't have to have on a necktie, but he always wore his collar buttoned up. He wanted to look spiritual. You dress all the way down to the floor. You ain't got on no makeup. You know where it rains. Trying to look spiritual. You know, it's not in the look. Even though you ought to dress modestly and you ought to dress nicely, amen, you ought to dress excellently, but it's not in the look. It's in the relationship. Oh my goodness! Because you can, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can have your dress dragging the flow. And when you get ready to do your dirt, you can pull it up or pull it off. Now, huh? 
You can have on 10 belts. All right? You understand what I'm saying? All right? But religion, 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 religion gets us, always puts God far away. And here I am crying out to God, trying to get him to come, trying to get him to help. And, and, and nothing happened. Religion always puts us in a place of non-resistance because you think something is going to happen when there is nothing happening in you to make happen what you expect to happen. I need to say that again. Yes, religion always puts you in a place of non-resistance because you think something is going to happen when there is nothing happening in you to make what you expect to happen, happen. What did I mean? You know Jesus told this parable of the man, told, well, gave the account of the man sitting by the pool of Bethesda. How many years? 37 years, was it? 38 years. 38 long years. He sat religiously by the pool. And when the angel came once a year to trouble the water, he never got in because he religiously said, no one is here to put me in the pool. Religion kept him at the pool, sitting there 38 years, lame, other people getting healed, religiously sitting there. And he would have stayed there until he died if Jesus had not entered his situation and became real to him. Mm. But the point here is that he was religious and wasn't getting healed or wasn't getting the healing that he said he wanted. Nothing was happening in the situation because there was nothing in him to make it happen. Let me tell you something. If it had been me sitting by that pool, I would have been crawling. I would have been pulling myself. I would have got right at the edge of the water. If I had to wait for 10 months, if that was the only way to get here, I'd have been sitting right at the edge. So when the angel came and I saw a shake, it might have been the wrong shake, but I would have been in the water. They might have to pull me out and dry me off, but I've been trying to get in there. You hear me? But when Jesus came, Jesus stirred something in that man when he asked him, do you what? Do you want? Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? Now, there was another woman who had issued blood for 12 years. Jesus didn't have to come to her. He didn't have to come to her. He didn't have to look her up. She was where Jesus was. And she came up behind Jesus, and in faith, she touched him. Touched the hem of his garment. For she said, in faith, if I can just touch the, his clothing, I shall be whole. My goodness. She wasn't religious. She wasn't religious. She needed healing. She took the step of faith to get what she needed, and she got it. There was a whole crowd of people around Jesus, but she pushed her way through the crowd. That wasn't religion. That was action. 
to get what she needed. Saints, we need to deal with God from the basis on which he must be dealt with for him to deal properly with us and get us to where we're supposed to be. God does not want religion. God wants faith. Faith. In Acts chapter 17, turn there. How much? I, I, I'm, I'll be finished in a few minutes after a while. Uh, <clears throat> in Acts chapter 17, verse 22, following. Let me see. Y'all there? Praise the name of Jesus. Is this good? All right. Paul stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, what did he say? I see that you're what? I see that you're what? Read on. I found an altar with the inscription, where, what? To an unknown God. Read on. That's good. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. A lot of us are coming to worship and we are ignorant of the very God that we're supposed to be worshiping. Because we have a religious concept of God. Now, now listen, some people are going to reject this message because you got a golden calf that you have set up. And you ain't going to like this kind of stuff because you got a golden calf that you set up. And your job is to protect that golden calf. That's how folk get offended in church with messages because they're protecting that golden calf that they set up. Ooh, Lord have mercy. A lot of us come to church and we are ignorant of the very God we say we're worshiping. Why would you waste time being ignorant of God? Why not know him? Can he be known? Oh my goodness, he wants to be known. He wants to be known. He wants relationship with you. He wants fellowship with you. Oh Lord, have mercy. Again, what we need to do is we have to annihilate what's in us. We have to annihilate, y'all know what annihilate means, right? Totally wipe it out. We have to annihilate religion and develop a faith walk, a faith relationship with God. God must become real to us. He must be more than your parents' God. He must be more than the preacher's God. He must be more than the God of the Bible. He has to be more than somebody you read about. He must be more than someone you have discussions about. He has to be more than someone you call on when you're in trouble or when disaster hits. Let me tell you something. People who are blessed and prospering are people who know that God is not some abstract being way off in heaven somewhere that we don't know where. We know that God is, a, is very present with us. We talk to him. We fellowship with him. We sing to him. We cry out to him. Oh, my my goodness, we sense his nearness. We talk 
Oh, my goodness. We take him at his word. We trust him. He is our God. He's our Lord. He's our healer. He's our deliverer. He's our peace. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is the God of his word. There is nothing that is impossible for him. He does put one down and lift up another. Oh, my. He does watch over his word and perform it. He does not lie. He cannot lie. He will not lie. What he said, he will do. Change your image of God and your faith will begin to be activated. He can't be a God who's way away from you. He's got to be a, gotta be a God who's very near to you. Jesus said, I'm going to leave you, but I won't leave you comfortless. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send the Holy Ghost and he will be with you and he will be in you. Oh, he's very near. He's nearer than the skin on my body. He's nearer than the breath I breathe. Mm, my goodness. I don't need the organ to worship the Lord. I don't need the praise leader to worship the Lord. My goodness. I don't even need to be in the church house to worship the Lord. I can be in my bathroom and worship the Lord. I can lay in my bed, sleep at night, and wake up worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah, because he's very near to me. When I'm in trouble, I don't have to call, go somewhere looking for him. He's right here. Don't waste your time in church not knowing God. Don't waste your time to talking to God like he's somewhere way away from you. If you want your faith activated, Change your image of God. Lastly, another key to activating my faith so that I can live the blessing is knowledge of what he said in his word. Knowledge of what he has said in his word. My faith is based on the word of God. I need to get the word in me. I need to get the word in me. I need it in my mind. I need it in my spirit. I need it in my being. Say, I need to get the word in me. Say it. Say, I need to get the word in me. The Bible says get wisdom, get knowledge. The early church searched the scriptures daily to see if what they were taught was true. They were being taught, but they searched the scriptures. They were being taught, but they also searched the scriptures. David said, the interest of your word brings light. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sit, sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Ooh, the blessed man. Are y'all listening? The blessed man is not the one that's sitting at the tip board party. The blessed man is not the one at the nightclub. The blessed man, are you listening? The blessed man 
does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You need advice. Who are you asking advice from? Who are you talking to to get advice? When God has given you parents, when God has given you a pastor, when God has given you elders and ministers and church school teachers, who are you seeking advice from? The blessed man does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, does not stand in the way of sinners, does not sit in the seat of the scornful. They're scornful people. They scorn everything that come around. Everything you say, they got something negative to say back. And here you are, you right up there listening to them like a dog with a tongue hung out waiting on getting some food. <laughs> Tell me some more. <laughs> Tell me some more. <laughs> Tell me some more. Come out of that company. Separate yourself. Bible says if you're around people, if you find people that are unruly and they won't repent, withdraw yourself from them. Got no business hanging around people that don't love the Lord. Oh, Lord have mercy. The blessed man delights himself in the law of the Lord and in his law does he meditate day and night? Bless me. Ooh. There's a, there's a daily confession that, that I make that talks about uh, 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 me being in the presence of, 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 of people, in essence, who sharpen me, people whose, whose life the favor of the Lord is on. And I realize that those are not always necessarily people that, that I'm with physically. But when I turn on TBN and I listen to preaching and teaching, those people are sharper than me. Those are the folk I'm keeping company with. All right? I'm not keeping company with, even though I like Walker, but, you know, he's all right. You know, he's all right. That's reruns. He ain't helping me spiritually, you know. That's entertainment, but I need somebody that's sharpening me. You hear me? So I don't spend all of my time watching Walker. I got to spend the majority of my time listening to Creflo Dollar and listening to, uh, to Bishop Long and, and, and listening to, to Bill Whiston and, and listening to Joyce Myers. You know, a lot of women need to sit down and listen to Joyce Myers. Oh, my goodness. Now, I know men need to listen to her too, but she sure helps women. Lord have mercy. You, you got a problem with your mouth? You need to listen to Josh Ma. You got a problem with your husband? Listen to Josh Ma. Because sometimes it ain't your husband. Sometimes it's you with your running off at the mouth self and not knowing how to treat your man. Ooh, Lord have mercy. Ooh, stop and listen to her sometime. Go, go get her tapes. Listen to her. Oh, goodness. But you gotta start. You gotta start surrounding yourself with people like that. Ooh, turn to Joshua. I want to show you. Joshua chapter. I'm, I'm gonna finish in just a minute. 
This is the last point. Joshua chapter 1. You there? You there? Joshua chapter 1. Ooh, verse 8. We could read all of it. But you have verse 8? Verse number 8. Read it. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and meditate on how much? Day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything that's written in it. Then you will do what? Read that again. Read it loud. Then what? Then you will be prosperous and successful. Read on. Have not I commanded you? Be strong, courageous. Do not be terrified. For the Lord your God will be with you. Ooh. The King James says, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. If you keep the words, if you keep this book before you, it says this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. See how, 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 how valuable God says his word should be to you? The word should be in your mouth. It should be in your, how's the word going to get in your mouth? You got to put it there. Means you got to know it so that you can speak it. The word has to be in your mouth. Think about your conversation throughout the day and what comes out of your mouth. Is it the word that's in your mouth that's coming out of your mouth? And he said to Joshua, then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. He didn't say, then I will make you prosperous. He said, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. The word of God has to be in your which means it got to be in your The biggest weapon that Satan uses against believers is ignorance. The biggest weapon, the greatest weapon, the most powerful weapon that Satan uses is our ignorance. We will not read the will. The Bible is God's last will and testament if you want to say it like that to us. He says we're heirs of God and joint heirs of Jesus Christ. But how many of us will read the will? We won't read it. We won't read it. Most of us got 10, 15 Bibles in our houses. We won't pick them up and read them. Most of us. Now some people in here read. And some of us read a little bit. That's why I start having us read the Bible in church. Because if we don't read it in the church, some of us won't ever get it. Some of y'all won't bring your Bibles to church on Sunday just in case I ask you to read. So from now on, bring your Bible because I might call on you to stand up next Sunday and read the scripture. Give you a microphone. Make sure you got your Bible. And don't stay awake because the pastor might call my name. <laughs> you ought to sing that song, when he calls me. 
I'll be somewhere. All right now. So, so you may call my name. So I'm going to be ready with my word. Hosea 4 and 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We're like the Hebrew people at Mount Sinai when it said the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. All we want to do is play. That's all we want to do. We want to play. You know, we, we, just, we, we, we love pleasure more than we love God. And in our playing, we will not take up the responsibility and the effort to know God for ourselves or know God's word for ourselves. But let me tell you, if your faith is going to be activated and you're going to live the blessing, you got to know this book. You got to know this book. Knowing this book will bless you. In good times and in bad times, knowing this book will bless you. In days of adversity, knowing this book will bless you. It'll cause you to have a timely word to speak in a particular situation that arises in your life. If you know this book, the Holy Spirit will bring this word back to your remembrance in the time of need. Knowing what God has said in his word is a key to activating your faith. You got to know it, saints. You got to know it. You got to know it. No sense in talking about you got faith. Faith in what? You want healing. So what does the word say? You want deliverance. What does the word say? Do you really want deliverance? You know? But what does the word say? What, what are you basing your faith on? What are you standing on? What you heard somebody else say? When did you get in the word? When did you take the time to show enough interest in God to search these scriptures? So you're quoting what you heard somebody preach. If you couldn't read, that would be all right. If you didn't have anybody to read to you, that would be all right. But God has given you ability. If you, and if you love God, if you know him the way you say you know him, there's no way you're not going to get in this word. Because your faith is based on the word of God. Remember, God said to Joshua, don't let it depart out of your mouth. Then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. That activates your faith, saints. Changing the image you have of yourself, changing your image that you have of God and knowing God's word, standing on it, once you know, once you realize, I've been created in the image and likeness of God. I am God's image. Now, now, now that means I'm real careful about where I take God. I'm real careful about what I present from myself because I'm God's image. So I care about what people see. I care about what people hear come out of my mouth because I am God's image. And God is not somewhere way off from me. 
He's right here with me. He's my father. He's my friend. He's my companion. He's my company keeper. He's my all in all. He's very real to me. I talk to him and he talks to me. He shows me things in his word. He gives me revelation. He gives me insight. He brings me in relationship with people. And the more I know him, the more I want to know him. So he takes me to his word. As I get in his word and begin to love his word, it becomes sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. And God sees that I'm interested in him. Because he wrote me, a, somebody said he wrote me a letter. He wrote me a letter and I started reading it. You know, I told you that time, I, I, I remember, the Lord just reminded me that time, I, these people were getting recognized for some particular things, and I heard about it, and I was saying to myself, hmm, they should have recognized me too. I was like, why didn't they invite me? You know, I was kind of getting a little attitude. <laughs> and then I was going through some mail and found out they had sent me a letter, and I just didn't open it and read it. God has sent you a letter and you haven't even opened it and read it. You leave this letter laying on your bedside or laying under your bed or in your book bag or, or somewhere and you very seldom pick it up and read it. But yet, you want faith to work for you. And it's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. It's not going to work. I hope you remember this message today. Let's stand. There are some things that's been downloaded in us that we didn't ask for. We didn't even know it was coming. But it's there, and we need to recognize it. There are some images that came in our minds of ourselves when we were in Egypt. Egypt always represents a place of bondage. There were some images that were downloaded in us when we were in Egypt. And we're carrying those images with us. We need to get rid of those images and change those images. They make sure that we have the correct image of God. He's not somewhere way off. We're not just caught up in religion, but we have a real relationship with God because that's what he's looking for. And we're in his word. We're knowing his word. We're loving his word. We're eating his word. It's sweet to us. It's good to us. The more we eat it, the more we want it. The more we read it, the more we want to read it. Today,